0: Welcome to the Oceans Church Podcast. We pray that as you join us for this message, you are blessed, encouraged and empowered to bring the kingdom of heaven into your spheres of life. So good. It's so good to be in church together like i said it's not just the service it is the people in it and we love you and it's just great to do this journey with you you might have noticed that we've had a lot of new people coming to church over the last few months and weeks we've got people that have been invited to church for the first time we've had people move down from perth people have moved down from Geraldton. give us the yell if you moved down from anywhere recently Well, we have had a lot of people move down recently. Thank you, the one bold. Sorry to put the new people right in it. Um, So you might have noticed that the church has changed a little bit, and it's because it has. The building hasn't changed, but the people have changed. And so I just want to encourage us, come on. This is good. God is on the move. He's doing something new in this place. And so... If you're, if you're new, can I just encourage you, don't be fooled. They might look like they're perfect and they've got their life together, but they don't. Um, neither do we, neither do I, none of us do. That's why we're here in church. Um lift the name of Jesus because we need his forgiveness. We need his help in our lives. And so you are in good company if this is your first time here to church. You've never been or you've just started coming, then you know what? You can belong here. You do belong here. Your family with us. And can I just encourage you, like I said the other week, with the six-week challenge. If you started coming give it six weeks, six weeks at least, and come back after that um, if you want. But to really get to know the church, come along for six weeks in a row would be awesome. Um, Can I encourage you as well, choose to stay, don't run away. Remember that a few weeks ago. Can I encourage us, oh, I know at the end of the service, we love to run away, get out of that door and get to the next thing or whatever. But church is so much more than a service. It is the people. So can I encourage us to, to linger for longer? Um, to maybe go to the cafe, hang out. You know what, if you need a goal, talk to three people and then bolt after that, run away after that. But everyone say, choose to say, don't run away. Okay, there you go, that's awesome. And today we do have the welcome party, like Jess said. It will be behind the barrier, the black barrier. So you come through the corridor and into the auditorium and out into that door as well. And we'd love to meet you and have some time together with you. And like Jess said, it's so good to have Cody down from Kobe cousins down from Perth, from Oceans Perth. If you're here for the first time, yeah, come on, let's give it up for Kobe again. We are one church in two locations, um, and we love our incredible Oceans Perth family. Um, I've been up there just a little bit. They're such an incredible bunch. We've got a 4 p.m. service up there. You can watch online. Um, Pastor Ash is preaching tonight at 4 p.m., so you can check out that. It's going to be so good. But one thing I love about the Perth, about Perth right now is we've got a baby boom up there. It's like the baby boomer generation 2.0 happening up there. There are a lot of babies. But one of my favorite things about holding these beautiful, beautiful babies that have been born in this season is I get to hold them and hug them, but then I get to give them back. The other day I was holding one of the newest beautiful baby girls, Juliet, Jack and Flick, Evanson's daughter, just been born and was holding her. And then there was a natural disaster um, happen inside the nappy. And I just thought, this is great. I'll get to actually hand you back. And then Jake, the dad disappeared to the room for a while. I thought, I know what you're up to. <laughs> and he came back and I'm like, yeah, this is so good. I'm out of that stage. Any parents happen to be out of that stage? Out of the nappy stage, thank you, Lord. I think, I think when that last nappy hit the bin for the last kid, I think that was one of the greatest days of my life. It is over, thank you, Lord. And maybe some parents relate to kids feeding themselves. You know, when they're younger, you're feeding the milk, and then they get into the onto the pureed sort of stuff, which which I look at and just go, wow. And then um, more of the solids. And one of the the best days again of our life was when. That first Saturday morning, finally, our kids quietly came out. They got themselves breakfast, and we didn't have to do anything. It's it's so good. It's a sign of maturity. I'm getting somewhere over here. It's a little bit awkward when you need to feed adults, when you need to feed adults or teenagers. It's a bit awkward if we're not self-feeders as we grow up through the years. And to relate that to us, if you're a follower of Jesus and you want to grow in maturity as a Christian, then you and I need to become self-feeders. We need to learn not just to feed ourselves natural foods, but spiritual, spiritual food. And the most important spiritual nourishment we receive for our faith is the Bible, is the Word of God itself. It's the Word of God alone that builds our faith. And we can read this in Romans 10:17. It says, Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. So, if you want to develop and to grow your faith, it's one move. is to develop and cultivate a hunger in your life for the spiritual food, which is the Word of God. If you want to become and you, if you want to grow in maturity, then we need to become self-feeders of the Word of God, of the words of God. And so Hebrews hints towards us becoming self-feeders. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14, it says this. You've been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. In other words, you you ought to be self-feeders by now, enough to the point where you can feed other people as well. You can teach others. Instead, you need someone to keep feeding you, to keep teaching you the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. In other words, they need to keep, keep being told. They need to be kept um, told and reminded and prompted and, and being fed. But solid food is for those who are mature, who, tra- who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Those who are mature begin to recognize and see things for themselves rather than being told. You know, like a little kid running across the road, they don't see the cars. But if you're mature, you begin to recognize and see things for yourself because... You become a self-feeder and so for me if you want to grow increasingly mature in your faith leadership influence if you want to see this world change that we need to make a decision to be self-feeders and God is good like I said God is doing something new here he's doing something fresh here but in order for us to fully take hold of as individuals and as a church we, we need to all grow in maturity and becoming self-feeders of the world of the word of God, and so that's why right now we're actually introducing a new three-week series called the Holy Bible, um, where we're going to be focusing on understanding more about the Bible. The Bible simply means book; it's a fancy word, of, a way of saying book. And holy means just different; it's set apart; it's holy. There is no other book like the Bible on the face of the planet at all. This book is different to every other book in history. It's different to every other book this entire world has ever seen. In fact, get this, in the 18th century, a French philosopher called Voltaire predicted that the Bible would become a museum piece within 100 years of his lifetime and replaced by more advanced philosophies. Have you heard that kind of thing before? But today, the Bible remains the most popular book in the world, the most successful literary creation of all time. And get this, every year, 100 million copies of the Bible are either sold or given away. Version, which is a Bible app, has been downloaded 200 million times. It's the best-selling book every year, every week. In fact, they've removed it from the best-sellers list because the Bible every week, week in, week out, will be the best-sellers list throughout the whole planet. And so this book is the most powerful and influential book in human history. It's influenced the entire world, Western civilization, everywhere. And this series is going to be drawing from, um, from material produced by Pastor Chris Hodges, Church of the Highlands, Pastor Rick Warren, Saddleback Church, Nicky Gumbel, Alfred, Holy Trinity, Brompton, and more. And we are going on a journey to discover a love, come on, a newfound love and a passion for the Word of God in our own lives. Um, we're going to be learning about how we can apply it to our lives. We're going to be learning next week about how reliable the Bible can be in our lives. Can we already trust the Bible? Yes, you can, as you're going to find out next week. But I just want to pray again and ask God to stir up a hunger and a love for the Word of God for us this morning. And so, God, we come to you. And we 've going to pray, Jesus, would you give us a fresh love? a fresh hunger, a fresh love for the Word of God this morning. Holy Spirit, give us an insatiable appetite to choose and to cultivate a hunger for your words, Lord God. And I thank you that you want to transform us by the power of your Word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, we're going to start this morning with some straight up facts, so going into the Bible, this is going to be a little bit slightly different to the way that we normally preach, but this is going to be a little bit of information dissemination, so you might want to take notes at this point. The book, the Bible, was written over a period of time of 1,600 years. That is a long time to write something. It was written over in 12 countries, on three different continents, by over 40 people at least, in three different languages. It was written by poets, it was written by prophets, farmers, kings, soldiers, shepherds, princes, priests, historians, fishermen, tax collectors, scholars, businessmen, and doctors. Whatever, uh, do you fit into that category? Anyone? <laughs> It was written in caves, ships, palaces, prisons, and deserts, and maybe at a desk. And yes, although the Bible has so many different writers, at least 40 different writers, it's got one single author, and that is God. See, you could not get all these authors together over a period of 1600 years and have such perfect synchronicity and consistency of the story and the one theme that essentially is all about Jesus throughout the whole Bible of that time, it would be an utter impossibility unless there was only one author. And there is only one author. See, so the Bible is 100% the work of humans, but at the same time, it is 100% the work of God. It is God breathed, inspired by God. Now, you might say, well, how can this be? There's a really good example I've heard from the Alpha series about St. Paul's Cathedral. The architect was Sir Christopher Wren, and he began construction of St. Paul's Cathedral. Has anyone seen that overseas, visited it? If you hands up, a beautiful, beautiful building. I looked at the pictures, um, but seeing it in person, that'll be incredible. It, it started construction in 1675, when Sir Christopher Wren was 43 years old, and it went on to be built over 36 years, completed when he was 79 years old in 1711. And so although he built it, he didn't lay a single hand on it. But it was other laborers, it was other stonemasons and artists, but he was the inspiration behind the entire building. There was there were there were many workers, but there was one architect There's one inspiration for the building. And this is the same with the Bible. There's many writers but one single author. And so God has revealed himself to us through the Bible, through the Word of God. It's the primary way that God actually communicates us. And so a lot of people ask, well, if there really was a God, he'd just show himself to me. Well, the truth is God has actually revealed himself to us in many ways. The three primary ways that he's revealed himself to us is firstly through creation, the word of god says the heavens reveal the glory of god and the sky is the work of his hands and the fact that we're here that there's something rather than nothing the fact that each of us have been designed with, with a longing to know god there's got to be something more we've been created with a desire and a hunger to know the living god that's what we've been created for that's what's been missing in our lives, If you're here this morning and you're yet to know God as your Saviour, as your Father, as your God, then at the end of the service we're going to give you an opportunity to find what you have been looking for all along and your life will never be the same. Like for many of us, our lives have been transformed by the love of God as we know God. He is the difference in our lives. So God has revealed Himself through creation. When you look at creation, it says something about who God is, our Creator. It is stunning, magnificent. He's also revealed himself through Jesus, through his son. Jesus said, when you see me, you've seen the Father. If you want to know what God is like, then discover who Jesus is. And when we see Jesus, we see perfect reflection of who God is in the Bible. And so where do we discover who Jesus is? We go to the Bible. We go to the New Testament, which is where we see eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life and of his ministry. And so the third way that God has revealed himself to us is through the word of God. You see, science is the exploration of how God has revealed himself to us through creation. That's what, that's what science is. This is why science is so important. It's amazing. It's exciting, this discovery of creation as God has designed it. It's, it's just with such fine-tuning. It's incredible. And theology is the exploration of how God has revealed himself to us through Jesus and through the Bible. And so... I like what Nicky Gumbel said. He says, why do I believe it's inspired by God? Simply, the Bible claims to be the Word of God. It seems to be the Word of God. It's got a ring of truth with it. And it proves to be the Word of God. When you actually put it into practice, it works. It works in your life. It is powerful. And so 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, it says this. It says, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching us what is true. It rebukes us, it corrects us, it's in in a way that feels so good but hurts, it rebukes us, corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us what to do what is right and God uses it to prepare and thoroughly equip his people for every good work, for every good work, not just for Sundays he wants to equip you for every area of your life. This is God breathed, and the Bible speaks to every part of our life, not just for church and Sunday, but for marriage, kids, our money, the way we spend our time, uh, what we do with our business decisions, what we do with our rest, our work, and ultimately the Bible prepares us for eternity. Come on, thanks, Naomi. Come on, let's give, give, us, a bit of, give us a bit of something, eh? Hey, um, yeah, there we go. This is good. Hey, by the way, I just want to say, Abby, you're an absolute legend. She's sitting at the front on the youth row on her own, just holding up the banner for the youth. Very, very good. Give it up for Abby. So good. And so you can ask yourself, like I do often, whatever situation you face in life, you can find the answer to it in the Bible. You might not need to do a little bit of digging, like you dig for gold and mine for gold, but it is there. And so your life will never be the same again when you decide to follow God's way and not your way go God's way, it is the way to go. And so quickly, the Bible is more like a library of books. It's a collection of 66 books. And do not make the mistake of thinking that the Bible was written chronologically. Have you ever been bogged in Leviticus? Oh my goodness, I think many a victim like, has been left and bogged, left alone in Leviticus, where you start in Genesis, you're like, I've got to read the Bible through. You start in Genesis, it's so dynamic, and there's incredible stories and accounts of what God's done, In Exodus, we're going through the Red Sea, and you got numbers, and then you start to lose some speed, and then you hit, in Leviticus, it's like the 577th verse in a row about there's gold in the temple, and a layer over here, and I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, it's great, it has its place, but... You know, I like a bit of variety, Um, and so I've been bogged in Leviticus many times. And so the Bible hasn't been written chronologically. It's more like it's been grouped into different types of literature, because the Bible is written in many different types of literature. And in order for you to understand the Bible, you've you've got to approach the different types of literature that there are in order to understand what it's saying. And so, first of all, we've got the first five books, Genesis to Deuteronomy, they are the books of the law, otherwise known as the Torah. Then we've got the history books, 12 of them, Joshua, all the way to Esther. Then we've got the poetry books. We've got Job and Psalms. How good is Psalm 84 this morning? I know you read it in your Bible, Reading Plan, Devoted. It was phenomenal. It is phenomenal. Read it when you get home. Amen. Um, the prophecy books, the prophetic books, there's, 70, there's 17 of those. You've got the five major prophets, Isaiah through to Daniel, then 12 minor prophets, Hosea through Malachi. What does major and minor mean? It's not a key on the, on the keyboard. It is simply, some books are bigger, some bits are smaller. They're not more or less important. i, I just go with the major prophets. It's, it's actually just a bigger read or a smaller read. And then, that's the Old Testament. That's the Old Covenant, the Old Agreement. There's an old way that people used to relate with God through sacrifices and law. But now there's a new way that we can relate with God that is so much better. I, I'm so grateful. Who's grateful for the new way? The New Covenant. Oh, my goodness. I'm so grateful for that. Thank you, God. And so we had 400 years of silence. And in that time, there was the Greek conquest through Alexander the Great. There was the Roman conquest. And then comes Jesus after 400 years of silence. And then we have the Gospels, which is the eyewitness account of Jesus' life. There's four Gospels. And then there's the book of Acts, the historical record of the first church. Then we got the letters, the epistles, 21 of them, from Romans all the way to Jude. And then we finish off with Revelation which is the prophecy of the last days and eternity. It is a dynamic, phenomenal book that we can take a lifetime to understand, but you can get so much from it when you approach it. So three things we want to do with the Bible. First of all, and they all start with L, The first of all, what we want to do is to love the Bible. We want to grow a love for the Word of God, a love for the Bible. The longest chapter in the Bible is about the Bible. The Bible has a lot to say about the Bible. And Psalm 119, a lot of verses. And this is a little excerpt from that. It says, Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. Who wants to be wiser than your enemies? Come on. For they am a constant guide. How sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. You know, you can cultivate a taste for the word of God. Just like you can cultivate a taste for certain types of food, it, the more junk food and unhealthy food you eat, the more you develop a taste for junk food and unhealthy food. But the more you, my sister tells me about dead food and living food. Um, and so the more dead food you eat, the more hunger you have for dead things. Um, but the more, living food, the more fresh food, the more healthy food, you actually begin to change your taste buds, you develop a hunger for that. And so we don't want to rely on the dead words, empty promises that the world has to offer us, but we're going to develop a hunger for the words that bring us life, for the words that heal us and satisfy our deepest longing that actually will feed you spiritually greater than any philosophy out there. This is the difference. Don't scroll on your phone, but read the written scroll or something like that. And so we want to cultivate a love for the Bible. So step number one is just to get a Bible, download a Bible, whether it's on your screen or a paper one, whatever you like, just get a Bible. It is a worthy investment. And we, we just have a few translations I'm going to put up here that we as a church probably use more than not. I personally love you, you use whatever. Some people like the old King James Version, the theeth and the thou. <laughs> For me, I'm not that smart. And so I like it to be broken down for me a little bit. I like the New Living Translation. I like the English Standard Version, the NIV, the New King James Version. And so there's just some of the translations that you see coming through, all all saying the same thing, slightly different way, in a way that relates with different people. So we want you to love the Bible. Number two, we want you to learn the Bible. We want you to learn the Bible. And so to love it, you've got to learn it. I love this verse. Over here that says, in Colossians 3:16, it says, "Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly." So the Word of God has power, and you want to let it consume you and dwell in you richly, at the deepest level, because it has power in your life. And so I've got an amazing, wonderful barista here, Zach, give Zach a round of applause. And so he's this, I've got a cup of tea over here, a tea bag, and he's gonna pour some hot water. Watch the way that he pours this water into this, into this glass. Watch this. Mate, look at that. You want him to make your coffee. (laughs) Thank you, Zach. That's, That's incredible. Feel the anointing just coming over right there. Wow, give him a round of applause. So, right now, this is this is you and I. This is our hearts, this is our spirits. And so this tea bag represents the word of God. And so what we want to do, we want to infuse our lives with the word of God. And so we can just either take a little bit of a, just a bit of a dip. Now the thing is, with this dip, you might be able to see it, but I, I wouldn't quite call that tea yet. i call it water with a tiny bit of tea in it. But that might be like church on a Sunday. It's good. It's great. Got a bit of tea in it. Bit of teamy. It's good. But what we're going to do is take multiple dips. We're going to like, take multiple dips in order for us to begin to take on the aroma and what God is actually like. So we can look more and more like Jesus and we can, hmm, and tea, lovely. We can take on the aroma of what we've got inside of us. So there's three dips that we want to encourage you to do. Dip one, we can just encourage you really practically, get a study Bible. Get a study Bible because, my goodness, there's so many different types of literature, the historical context, the grammatical context. Whew, you know, there's, 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 there's a lot in there. The great thing is so many unbelievably um, intelligent experts have done all the hard work for you. So that you can just begin to understand what you're reading by referring to the text below the, below the words of the Bible. You can understand what's written in there. You can study the Bible. Getting a study Bible is one of the best things you can be, begin with. We've got a few suggestions up there. I love a lot of different study Bibles. One of my favorite is one that Jess got me onto, which is a Spirit Life, Spirit Filled Life Bible. Um, Bev loves, Pastor Bev loves that one as well. Um, and it is Phenomenal. And you can get that in the New Living Translation or New King James. There's the NIV Study Bible, the NLT Life Application, John Maxwell Leadership Bible. If you're in leadership, you can actually go through the Bible and begin to withdraw some great business or leadership principles that you can apply to your situation. The ESV Study Bible is a great resource as well. Um, it's, It's got some little nuances on the edges that are maybe slightly different to how we might see things. But nonetheless, it is a phenomenal resource for you to have a look at. And so because for me, I don't want just some tea in me. I want to become changed, transformed by the Word of God. And so number one is to get a Bible, and number two is to read the Bible, to read the Bible. Read it every day. The best way for you to hear God's voice is by reading it. Not having it sitting on your shelf, not having an app on your phone, but actually reading the Word of God, and it can read you and change you from the inside out. And so the best way to get to know the living Word, which is Jesus, is to read the written Word. I feel so distant from God. I don't feel like I know God. First question, have you been going reading your Bible? And so what we've got is a devoted Bible reading plan that we've got as a year, um, that we've got as a church, and you can download it. And so we've got this Bible reading plan that's all throughout the year. If you miss a day, don't try and catch up. If you miss a few days or a week, don't just read today's Bible reading. It is, a, it is this is... This is the best Bible reading plan I've ever actually had, I've ever actually done. It's incredible. It, it is. You do not get bogged in this Bible reading plan. It is phenomenal. And the great thing is, you might have your own Bible reading plan that's great. Can I ask you to prioritize this one? If you're part of it, read this first. Read all the others later. Um, they, they're great. But, but prior, because because this is what God is speaking to us as a church. And there's nothing better than being on the same page when God's speaking to us the other day Jess preached in Albany I preached in Perth around Luke chapter 1 that was our Bible God is speaking to us through this Bible reading plan can I encourage you we've run out of the paper copies we've got some ordered for next week but you can go on the website and download the um, PDF version which is the version that I use Um, it's got some tips and how you can spend time with God spending 15 minutes with God with God but can I encourage you please to do that it'll be great read all the rest after that that's great but this is so we can be spiritually fed the same thing. It's a lot of fun for us to do that. Can we do that? Yeah. Yep, awesome. Great, we can do it. Dip one, get a study Bible. Dip two, read the Bible. Dip three, get in a group. Get in a group. Psalm 1, chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, O the joys of, or blessed are, in other translations, blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around the sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight. In the law of God, of the Lord, meditating on it, day and night, meditating on it, ingesting it. Let the Word of God, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. They are like trees planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in every season. No matter what season you are going through, whether it's hard seasons, empty seasons, full seasons, dry, wet seasons, cold, hot, you can be fruitful in every season, if... You do this, if you delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night, you bear fruit in each season, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. They prosper in every, do you want to prosper in everything you do? I mean, I, 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 I would like to. I, I do, I would sign me, yeah, 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 sign me up for that one, that'd be preferable at least, thank you God. Well, there's the answer, it says meditate. You know, the word meditate literally means to mutter you know like you're muttering and you're reciting it you're talking about it it also means to actually talk about it with others See, we've got such an individualized western mindset oh the bible's just me and god over here in my corner over here actually the bible was never actually like that the old testament or the new testament has always read out loud to churches, to communities, to the nation of Israel, the prophet, the the king, the priest, would be reading out as a communal thing. God spoke. This is why we've got a Bible reading plan, because the Word of God is, we we need to value the Word of God when it's, it's preached. God speaks to us through the preached Word of God, but also God speaks to us as we actually chat about the Word of God with each other. And this is why we've got groups. This is why we've got multiplier. This is why we've got dinner parties. So at every single dinner party in Sunday Social, um, most of the time, if kids aren't quite crazy, and you know, it's not always perfect, it depends on who the leader is, some leaders are more gifted, maybe with a, a teaching gift, others with a more gift of an encouragement, or maybe it's just like, it's just a bit too crazy, and we're just going to get a five-minute little thing in, but every dinner party in Sunday social, we refer to Sunday's message, so you hear it, but now we want to actually talk about it together, how does how does this relate to my life? How does it relate to your life? We hear testimonies. We encourage one another. We sharpen one another. Iron sharpens iron. And this is one of the reasons why we have dinner parties. Is not only so you can have a place to belong, but we want to meditate. We want you to prosper. We want the Word of God to actually make a difference in your life. This isn't just a fun thing that we get to do, although it is, but this is an opportunity for us to be changed and transformed by the Word of God. Can I hear an Amen. 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 So get in a group. And so as we do these things, these multiple dits, we have a life that is changed. We have a life that, that that ingests the Word of God and takes on the aroma of Christ. And you look more like Jesus. You taste more like Jesus. And this is what God wants us to do. And you know, if you want to do further study of the Word of God, you can do things like going to... There's phenomenal resources out there, like the Bible Project is one. Um, you can go to something called... You can have, get a subscription to um, Theos U, Theos U, it's our like Theos University. It is a phenomenal um, online resource that you can use to understand the Word of God. We have Alpha Cruces Bible College, you can do Bible college through um, church here, you can do an internship um, and study the Bible over the course of a year, breathing the Word of God in, but not only knowing it, but breathing it out and putting into practice. And so which brings us to the third one, we want to love the Bible, we want to learn the Bible, and we want to live the Bible. We want to actually live it out. This is the most important part of the whole process, because knowledge can puff you up. You might have been raised in church, I know all the answers, I know all the verses, but the good thing is, if you're, if you're new to church, and you know only one verse, you actually might have an advantage. Maybe right now you're actually living out that one verse. But then the other Christian over here that knows it all, it has puffed up, I know it all, but I'm not actually applying it or living it out in my life. It's like sunscreen. Oh, I'm studying the sunscreen, the effects, 50 plus. What have you got? 30 plus, 35 plus, this black, white, zinc, etc. What color have you got? I know it all. I know the ingredients in it. It's so natural. But it doesn't matter how much you know about it. You get some novice working up. I don't know what it is. It helps me with his son. All right, I'm just going to apply it, and they're saved from the sun. So God wants us to, to apply the Word of God, to live it out. James chapter 1, verse 25 says, If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, everyone say do. If you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, which is why we can take notes sometimes. Amen, amen. And don't forget what you heard, then gospel, God will bless you for doing it. Not just knowing it, but actually applying it, living it out, obeying it in your own life. Can I tell you, if you took Sunday's messages and your time with the Word of God each week, and you actually did what we preached, you you would not know yourself ever again. Don't it's not about just I'm training us how to actually come to church now. We don't come just to church to hear the word. Oh, that was nice. Did you like it? Oh, yeah, this time I didn't really like that one. Yeah, I like had the, yeah, the cup of tea. <laughs> that was great. What difference did it make in your life? Uh, drink more tea? It's like, it's like, it doesn't matter. What really matters is hearing one message in your entire life and living that out versus every week. And so what can I, can I encourage you to actually listen and remember, whether it's taking notes, whether whatever it is, watching it back, whatever, um, both God uses the proclaimed Word of God and the Word of God that is written in our lives. And we need to actually live it out. And the great thing is, it works in your life. You know, some of you might have been lacking seeing the miraculous power of God in your life. Maybe you're feeling a bit drier. Maybe, maybe you're like, where is God at work in my life? Can I encourage you to consider maybe it might be because there's certain areas of your life that God is waiting for you to actually live it out. And what do I mean by that? Obeying the Word of God, putting into practice and actually not just learning it, but living it. And you know, Jesus talked about the man who built his life on the rock. See, Jesus guaranteed that the storms would come, right? We all face the storms. We all face the challenges. None of us are rescued out of inflation or the things that go on in our lives around us but the difference between one who stands and one who crashes is not those who know the word of God because Jesus said the difference between the man that builds his life on the rock and the one that doesn't is the one that they both hear my word but the difference is this one actually lives it out he puts it into practice and his life is built on the rock And when the storm comes, the one who just heard the Word of God and didn't live it out, their life came crashing down. But the one who built their life in the rock was the one who actually lived it out and put it into practice in their lives. And they survived the storms. You know, just a final fun example, just to say, just to show you that Word of God works. You know, sometimes it's scary, right? Sometimes you go, the Word of God is there. It's scary when you you know about the Word of God. It's scary to then actually take it and go, God, I'm relying on the Word of God. It's like there's times where, when our kids have lost something. Winter came up here and he shared about six or eight weeks ago about the times where he lost Mickey, his teddy, or when Leanna lost her wallet. It dropped from the roof of the car onto the road. And I've gathered our kids together at times and said, hey, kids, the Word of God says, if we ask God for anything, It's done. We can pray and ask God, and we're going to find it. And part of me is going, I hope we're going to find it. But I'm not, I'm relying on the Word of God right now. The Word of God said it, and I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to live it out, and, and not just go, oh, we might find it. Let's pray and hope. God, if you can, maybe, maybe you can help us find it. Maybe. It's like, God, you said, I'm going to take you at your Word, and we're going to live this out. Kids, we're going to find it. Every time we've done that with our kids, bang, he finds Mickey. We go for a drive look, there's the wallet in the middle of the road. There we see. We see God outworking himself in our kids' lives for real. If you want to see God outworking in your life, live the Word of God. Put it into practice. Rely on the Word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, God said, but my Word will remain forever. His Word is the most solid thing you can build your life on. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's still stand up this morning. What I'd love us just to do this morning is just simple, just to make a choice. God, would you give me a love for your Word? In fact, one step further, it's God, I choose, I choose to cultivate a love for your Word. You might not have a love for the Word of God this morning. You know what? That's okay. But if you make a decision this morning, I'm going to choose to cultivate. It might begin to feel, it might feel a bit bland. It might feel a bit, Unsatisfying at, at times as you're beginning to learn it. But as you begin to make a decision, I'm making a decision to cultivate a hunger and a love for your work. As you make that decision this morning, the Holy Spirit is going to bless you for it. He's going to empower you for it. He's going he's to give you a supernatural love and a hunger. I would love each of us to have an insatiable appetite for the Word of God. And we will not know ourselves in a year's time from now. And so why don't we pray all together? Thank you, Lord. Lord God, why don't you just pray with me? Lord God, give me a hunger for your Word. Give me a hunger for the Word of God. Lord, this morning we choose a hunger for the Word of God. This morning we choose, God to hunger after Your Word, Lord God, not not after Instagram or Facebook or the movies, Lord. It's Your Word and Your Word alone that is the living Word of God. And so this morning we choose to cultivate a hunger for it, Lord God, every single person in this place. And I thank You that as we make the choice this morning, God, that You bless every person with the power of Your Holy Spirit, that You begin to bring that Word alive, that You speak to people, Lord God, that people are going to see the miraculous hand of God at work in their lives, like never before. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Let's thank God for His Word this morning. He's so good to us. I just want to read out one more verse for us this morning, and we've got an opportunity right now to actually live that out for real in your life. Like I said before at the beginning of the message, I said that we've been created to know God and have a relationship with Him. He's our Creator, and we are only truly filled in our heart when we enter into a relationship with Him. And the, so this morning, what I want to do is invite you to begin a relationship with God. Maybe it's the first time here to church. Maybe you've just started coming after a little while. Maybe you've drifted from God for many years or for a season in your life. But this morning, you want to draw a line in the sand and God say, God, i make a choice. I make a choice. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to give my life to you. I want, I want to come home to you. It is the best decision you could ever make. And, and this is the Word of God that you can put into practice and live out today. It says this, Romans 10 verse 9 to 10. It says, If you openly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, what does that mean? That means you and I get out of our driver's seat of our car, our life, and we say, God, you're Lord, I'm not. You're the boss, I'm not. I'm going to live your way. It might be imperfectly, but you are in the driver's seat. I no longer live for my agenda, but I surrender my life to your agenda, God. You are my Lord of my life. But if you openly declare with your mouth that Jesus, you are Lord. I've tried my own way, but God now surrender to you. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that Jesus defeated the power of Satan. He defeated the power of death. that cross when Jesus died on the cross he paid for your sin he paid for your mistakes he paid for all of our sin on the cross and then when Jesus rose from the dead he defeated the work of the devil in your life and you and I have a choice to come under his authority as we come under his authority we are rescued from the work of the devil in our lives if you if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved you will be saved from judgment on that day. You will be forgiven. You will receive eternal life. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. That means you have peace with God. I have peace with God. Thank you, Lord. I wonder what that deep anxiety was. It was it was fear based on essentially not knowing whether I'm right with God or not. You can be made right with God this morning. And it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And so we have an opportunity to do that right now this morning. In a moment, I'm going to lead us through a prayer where we can openly confess Jesus is Lord. We're going to pray this prayer all together. But if this is your first time or this morning, you're like, I want to come back to God. As we will pray this prayer, God's going to see that belief in your heart and He's going to come and you're going to be born again. You're going to be made into a new person. As you open up your heart to God, the Spirit of God is going to come and live inside of you. And you're going to walk out of this place different the same but different your body's going to carry you but you are the spirit of god living in you forever thank you for listening to the oceans church podcast for more information visit oceans.church.